If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, October 13th. And uh, Mark, my Wednesdays are always a lot of fun because we do lots of recording, but I usually kind of have this open afternoon where I can walk the dogs on a nice long walk. So I love Wednesdays. What's your opinion on a Wednesday? So you have like a good, your end of the week is better also. We have we are a front-loaded kind of organization here at Jill on Money. We pack a lot of stuff in. Basically, Monday, Tuesday, half of Wednesday, it's a big, that's a big chunk of time and energy for me. And, you know, if I happen to have to go on TV, so be it. It's all right. That's always easier for me than doing like my real work, my writing work. I have been waking up at four o'clock in the morning to work on the book. What do you think? Uh, you think that this is maybe a little crazy making? What's your opinion of that, Mark? Well, you know, I feel like if I'm going to get up and get this stuff done, I really want to do it at a time where I'm really, when I'm not distracted. And that's a perfect time. Oh no, I've been waking up before the alarm because, you know, my alarm is usually set at 530 just in case, but I've been waking up around 4, 415. Yeah, it's crazy, but I got a lot done today, but I crash in the afternoon, completely crash. Yeah, I've been binging a fun show that I haven't talked to you about because in the afternoon I watch it, I have to go back and watch it basically twice because I always fall asleep at around four o'clock in the afternoon while I'm watching it. It's on Showtime. It's called City on a Hill and it's about like these... Kevin Bacon plays this um, FBI agent in Boston. It's sort of Boston in the 90s. It's kind of fun. Sort of like a, it's a little bit of a ripoff of a ver- variety of movies, like, you know, sort of like The Departed, kind of, sort of. But anyway, I enjoy it very much. I would check it out if I were you, although you have no time, right? I know. I'm sorry. Well, you got to get through Ted Lasso. That's what you got to get through. All right. This is not a um, a entertainment podcast, but it could be, and we are entertaining, but we're here to answer your financial questions. If you have one, why don't you go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact button and we'll get your note. So all you have to do is that jillonmoney.com and you might as well bookmark it because you're going to get back to it. You really are. Okay. 
Good. All right. Today we are talking to Edward. He is from Mississippi. Uh, I believe we've had other folks on the show from Mississippi. Edward claims he doesn't have a bad accent. Everybody, not a bad accent. is it a bad accent? A, a pronounced accent. But now let's see for ourselves. Edward, welcome to the program. Hello, Jill and Mark. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Okay. So what brings you to us, sir? Well, um, so my wife um, is a railroader. So she has railroad retirement. For those of y'all who don't know much about railroad retirement, um, my wife does not pay in the Social Security. She pays at the railroad retirement, which has two tiers. And um, tier one is Similar to Social Security, it's based off the same rules. And then Tier 2 is more like a pension, and it's based off years of service, and and it's based off the five best years of her compensation, an average of five best years. So um, basically, at retirement, when we get to 30 years, she'll make about what she's making now. So, Whoa, um, really? Yeah. And then, wow. How much is that, by the way? So she's right at about 104000 per year. Mm-hmm. And then as her spouse, another perk of real retirement is that I also get about 50% of that in addition to that, to that amount. So wait a second. She gets her 104 and you get half of that. So together you're making like 150 grand a year at retirement? That is what we've been told, and that's what we're planning on. So um, I make I make around ninety two thousand. So in, in in retirement, we'll be pretty close to having the same standard of living we have now while we're working. So yeah, yeah. come on. What <laughs> I mean, what does she do working for? Um, is part of the railroad system? Is she like a conductor? Does she like drive the train? No, she's actually um, coordinator over like the intermodal portion of of the business. So the mm. the trucks, you know, the the rail, the containers coming on rail, and and she kind of manages that. How old are you guys? We both turned fifty four recently. And when do you think she'll really call it quits? Well, when we get to that that magic thirty um, years, which is going to be in twenty thirty, we'll both be sixty two and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, and we we would both retire today if we could, but we um, we're, we're trying to hold on to that to get the get through this um, these next nine you know a little less than nine years. Oh come on, then! If I knew that I had a hundred and fifty six thousand dollars a year waiting for me, I would be able to grit it out because many <laughs> people are gritting it out and they got bupkis on the other side of that. So let me ask you a couple more questions. So you're making money, she's making money, and you're going to get this amazing pension and be able to pay for everything. What other money have you guys saved up? Okay. So currently in our um, traditional 401ks, uh, we have about 800,000 and um, we also have about 250,000 in um, 401ks from previous jobs that we're just letting them sit there. Mm -hmm. Um, Not contributing any more to those, obviously. We have about ninety thousand in a stock program at her work. They um, they will um, match up to about thirty five percent, up to seven percent of her, of what she puts in the stock. So we weren't taking advantage of that, also. Okay. And we we kind of use that as our emergency fund, backup fund. If we if we, if there's stuff we need, we'll we'll take money out of that fund. So you mean you sell the stock and then you pay the tax and then you got the money you need? Right. I got yeah. it. Okay. And then uh, we have about 55000 in the Roth fund that we're going to use for our daughter's college fund. Mm. Um, and I have about ten k in stocks crypto that I can play with um, just for fun. 
the one thing that we we're not very good about right now is that our our savings is probably only by eight to ten thousand. So you know we don't because you don't feel like because you feel like yeah if I need it I'll take it out of the stock. Correct. Yep. Yep. We have our home. We have the value. It's probably a value around four fifty to five hundred. Um, we owe about two hundred grand on it, and we are um, should have that paid off within about three years after retirement. Okay. Quick question for you. You mentioned a daughter. How old is the, the How old is she right now? Just turned thirteen. And is that your only child? Or do you have others? I have two older boys, but they've both been launched. What do you mean, two older boys? Is this your second marriage? It is. Yes. See how I suss that out, Mark. <laughs> see that um and but they're launched no other no you don't have to pay alimony or anything like that that's all done right 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 okay yeah. are you currently maxing out your 401k we are putting in the maximum that their companies will match um, mm-hmm. my wife was putting about 10 percent in but we kind of lowered that down just to have a little bit more cash flow mm-hmm. um so we're you know we're maintaining i, I just I felt like um, our 401ks are in decent shape and, yeah, and they're great. considering, considering yeah. we're not going to be relying on that to you know, live off of, I feel like, you know. I agree. I mean, you got a million dollars in retirement already. And it's a weird thing, though, because like you got a lot of money and your taxes are going to be uh, not great at retirement, you know, because you're just going to have a lot of money that's taxable income. You know, that's just the way it is. So when you have this railroad retirement and you receive half of hers, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're precluded from claiming your own social security? Yeah. So they'll, so when they, when they calculate mine, it'll be, it'll, you know, they take into account what I would have gotten in social security. Yeah. And um, so, so you can't double dip. Okay. Too bad. Does she love this company stock or like, I need to understand a little bit about that because I sort of feel like let's just liquidate some of that, take the money off the table. I could be down with keeping a little bit more money in a slush fund and not rely. I don't know. How, how is the stock doing? It's doing pretty well, actually. In the last probably about three months ago, it hit a, or maybe even a month ago, it hit a, um, an all time high. So. All right. I don't want to go nuts on this because you really are in fine shape. You're not in fine shape. You're in amazing shape. But what I guess I'm worried about is that because you don't have an emergency reserve and nothing is really liquid and everything has a tax liability associated with it, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. retirement money. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind having some money set aside and just have it taxed and not worry, especially with like the daughter's college and all that. Like, I don't know. I feel like it would be nice to have some money that's already been taxed that you know it's been taxed. So I'm kind of inclined to do that. The idea about the Roth versus say a 529 plan, was that just happenstance or was there a thought to it? Yeah, we, we had this Roth, this Roth that she had from when she was in college and it just continued to grow and it was just sitting there. And, and again, we didn't feel like we were going to need that money for mm. our retirement. So we yeah. said, well, instead of, you know, instead of, you know, taking more cash flow out to put into a 529, why don't we just earmark that for that? Okay. So tell me a little bit more about whatever else is on your mind. Like, is there any other asset that we should be paying attention to in this scenario? Now, I think that's it on the asset side. So I guess the, my, my, my real question for writing in was, um, so she's a little concerned about, you know, the gap between 62 and a half until we get to Medic- Medicare. So, and I know that, you know, the insurance, private insurance is going to be pretty high, but but I think we'll be able to use COBRA for 18 months of that. So, um, 
So that will help with that. But um, but I just wanted to get some feedback on whether, you know, she's a little concerned, but I think we're okay because of the fact that real retirement is so good and we're not really, you know, relying on any other of our retirement funds. You know, I, I kind of I kind of calculated just not knowing anything else about it, but just throwing a number out there. That yeah. We're probably looking at one, you know, 1500 to 2000 a month for private insurance for, for that, you know, for that short period of time. But I think we can afford it. You totally can. I mean, you're right. You would get Cobra, which you have to pay for, right? So, right. but let's say it's 62 and a half. That gives you, gets you to 64. It means you need one more year. So even if it were 2000, right? If it's an extra 25 grand, you can do that. But I tell you what, it does argue for having a bigger slush fund as you approach retirement. So right. one thing I would tell you is that if you're in a hurry to pay down your house, don't be. How, what's the mortgage on, rate on the 200000 outstanding? I think 2.75. Oh, my God. Is it a 15-year or a 30-year? It's a 15. Okay. I think you can pay it down, but don't kill yourself to pay it down by the time you are retired. Like, it, it won't matter. But what will matter is having a nice chunk of money that's available for you. Usually when we say you're going to retire, right, we say, ah, oh, you know, you should have a year of living expenses in the bank. But, you know, you might want a little bit more than that just so that you have like a little extra money for the for the cost of insurance. But, you know, and you can afford to because, as you said, you've got so much money in retirement. You're going to get clobbered because you're going to have to take all this money out of your retirement account. And I don't want you to worry one little bit about it because you have plenty of money and you're going to get pay your taxes and you're not going to worry about it, Edward from Mississippi. I'll tell you why, because who cares? You got all the money you're going to need to live on. You got these two other kids. You get your daughter through college. You're going to get through your retirement. It's going to be fantastic. Truly, truly. There's nothing bad that is in this scenario at all. all so right. some, someone is going to say to you like, oh, you know, uh, I think that we should try to limit your tax liability by doing something dumb, like buy an annuity. Don't do it. Don't do it. You've got great assets right now. You keep it simple and you pay your taxes and you move on. Okay. Let me ask you one more quick question. Is, sure. Do you think there's any need for us to invest in a uh, financial planner? I mean, we I've looked into trying to find some that specialize in railroad retirement, but they always want, you know, a minimum amount that you have to invest and take mm. a percentage. I really, I'm not interested in doing something like that, but do you feel like we even need, need that? <laughs> not to be daft as the British say, but uh, you're in really good shape and you know, I don't really see what value someone is going to bring to the table. You seem comfortable managing your own money. You don't have a sense that like, I've got to protect myself from myself, right? You right. don't, okay. You don't really have to worry about anything cash flow wise because you're going to have this money coming in. Maybe by the, like, as you are approaching retirement, you want somebody to, you know, double check something. You can pay someone by the hour for that. You're in such good shape. I'm not really sure what that advisor would bring to the table and why you would need it. Like you don't have something complicated going on. You know, you're going to have to take the money. You're going to just remember this kind of an easy rule of thumb when you are managing your own money. So you don't run into a problem. Whatever I need in the next year is going to be in cash. And then some just a little bit extra. That's it. That's all you really need to think about. So if there's something weird going on and you think you're going to have to do something, something in the house, whatever, make sure that money is freed up and then you will not make a mistake at the wrong time. That's like kind of half the battle that people do that. You're not going to spend too much of your money. You should enjoy yourself. 
get this kid through college and move on and enjoy your retirement. And I'm sorry you don't like your life. I mean, I guess the only thing that would happen for you is that, oh my God, your wife is going to kill me. There is a possibility that you could say like, hey, what would happen if I retired early and waited for her to retire and like (laughs) just not work? Um, Now, that would be a reason to kind of run numbers like, hey, could we really make this work? Let's say I'm 54 and I say, you know what? I want to retire in three years. She'd kill me though, right? Yeah, she would kill me actually. Yeah, Yeah. all right. So that will uh, not happen. (laughs) Okay. But that's when, you know, sometimes when people say I want the opportunity to call it quits sooner. That's a good time to engage someone to come up with like, okay, I've got this strategy that has to go from, you know, 58 to 62, then 62 to 65, and then move and 65 to 70 and move on. The reason why those chunks of time are, it's really about when you can qualify for Medicare, when required minimum distributions do kick in. The first part would be, you know, anything until you can qualify for Medicare. So those are like the time horizons that we think of, but you guys are in really good shape and I don't see really why you'd need it. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. If you want to find a railroad worker, we'll try to find one for you. If you just have a regular old financial question, we'd love to help you out. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact button. Don't forget to tell us if you'd be willing to come on the air. We'd really appreciate that. Okay. So do me a favor, lift someone up today. Remember, grit, growth, grace. Have some gratitude, even if you're not married to a person who gets a railroad pension. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.